What's going on, everybody? My name is Brandon. This is Potty Mouth Sports, your spot for uncensored and unfiltered sports opinions. Today is a big day. We've been waiting on this for a couple weeks now. Uh, we got Ryan and we got Jordan in here as well, uh, kind of hosting this thing with uh, me, I guess. I don't know. It's a whole team. You know the tandem already. But uh, we got Chris Kalk, uh, wide receiver from USC, joining us today. He's going to give kind of uh, a little background on everything he's been through, through his college experience, college football, and everything. And then at the end, we're just going to kind of shoot the shit and uh, see where Chris is standing on some of the big things in sports. Uh, Chris, how are you doing today, bud? I'm awesome. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. No worries. No worries. So uh, it's going to be like kind of a Barbara Walters uh, intro, I guess. But uh, who is Chris Kalk? Tell people people a little about yourself. No, I recently just graduated from SC. I played football for two years, obviously. That's why I'm on the call with you guys today. (laughs) But um, no, I mean, my story to get to SC was pretty wild. I mean, I've spoken on a few times, but make a longer story kind of short we can go in like my senior year of high school I tore my ACL and that was the first year I'd ever played organized like real tackle football I was always a baseball guy and for some reason through all like the shit that people threw at me for wanting to like make SC and play after I tore my ACL that kind of like drove me to really really get to that and accomplish that goal and as that continually like developed and came that way, like I found my faith through that, you know, and there's a lot of amazing kind of stories about work ethic and this determination, resilience going through having been all through the um, adversity that I went to get through there. And that, you know, it just, the culmination came on that one day where I just got the text from the guy after my tryouts that I made the team. And I'll tell you what, it was one of the best days of my life. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So, uh, so you pulled your ACL and then you got invited to come on. Like how did, yeah, how did that so, all go through? Yeah, for sure. So it sound like I made it sound much like shorter and linear than it actually was. And what I mean by that is I tore my ACL. I'm like in my first game, high, in my first high school game in, uh, August of 2015. Wow. And, you know, so I was a, like going into like my last year at my high school and um, I tore my ACL in the very first game. And I'll tell you what, it was like that game prior to that, I had so much fun playing. I was playing defensive end, getting wrapped at receiver. It was a fucking blast. That's sick. And, you know, so as that happened, I, I, I didn't know what to think. Like I, I was so new to the whole football conversation about in just about every aspect that I didn't even think an ACL was that big of a deal. Like, like, all right, maybe I'll refer, you know, I'm 18. I'll try and rehab this thing over the next like four months, get back for senior night, maybe for playoffs, you know, but um, that's not how ACLs work. No, no. <laughs> um, but I suited up on senior night, my, in like November. So I had like four months of like, okay, rehab under my belt. And then what do you know, like the third or fourth route that I run, I like fully tear my ACL. Like what was partially healed with scar tissue just went. And then I tore my meniscus too. But over that next shit, it actually ended up being about two and a half or three years until I got accepted to USC. Cause I went to three junior colleges in two years right after that. Mm -hmm. Cause um, I got denied by SC right out of high school after my first year at 
Santa Monica, which is a junior college out there in LA. And after I appealed that denial, they, they said no again. And then I had to apply one more time. That was like last shot. So it didn't ha I didn't get accepted until SC and SC until like June or July of 2018. I think it was end of June, 2018. So it was like a consistent, it was like a pretty long time since I tore my ACL. But over that time, I actually went from where I was having no shot of playing receiver at USC mm. and developed myself into where I would inevitably be in the best position that I could to get an opportunity. And that opportunity was very elusive right off the bat. You know, everyone wants to play football at USC. If you ask any person in the country playing like a high enough quality or even like eight man football, whatever school you want to call it, you know, yeah. I'm sure that if USC came knocking at the door, they'd be like, unless you're like the top recruit in the country and you're choosing Bama over USC, but still USC is generally in everyone's top five. Oh yeah. Trojans. So, you know, it's one of those things where everybody wanted to do that. And I had to have that mindset and that work ethic of trying to think to myself, like everybody wants this. Mm -hmm. There isn't a soul that wouldn't want this. Like, and there are kids who are bigger programs than I was, who had played football since they were like five years old. And I just knew I needed to bridge that gap as fucking quickly as possible. So over those three years, I didn't get really, really, really serious until I cut drinking until I and kind of cut partying too. And because prior to that, I was like going out a whole bunch, but I just got to the point where I'm like, all right, what's going to get me to where I need to go. And mm. that, what got me there was work ethic, ambition, goals, and being the one who's crazy enough to actually think that they could do it. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, so, but to dive a little deeper into that, like countless hours working out in the gym, eating what you need to eat, you know, like I, I would have to be very blessed because my mom, prior to her current job, which is a private chef for a really cool family in La Jolla, she was a, um, she was in restaurants, but as she like transitioned into being a private chef, that worked out. That was a divinely ordained thing and glory to God for that because it worked out great because she was always cooking all this awesome food. And it just so happened that I was trying to develop yeah. athletically and diet's a huge part of that. So it worked out great with that. And then just working with my receiver coach, whom I found, shout out to Brett Swain in San Diego, <laughs> a, a, a shameless plug for sure, but, but nevertheless, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I owe a lot to him for sure. But um, yeah, it was just work, just all the kind of shit that you hear about of being just absolutely focused and relentless about trying to accomplish a goal, multiply that by 10. And that's what it was. Cause it, it was one of those goals I've had since I was like two or three years old, wanting to play at USC or go to USC. I originally wanted to play baseball, but football at USC. I remember dressing up as like Reggie Bush for Halloween and Matt Lyon for <laughs> Halloween, you know? So it, it, it's a tradition that runs really, really deep. And it's one of those things where if people tell, you no, yeah, you just gotta, you just gotta tell them to fuck off and then kind of go after what you want. Absolutely. And that's one thing that, you know, that's one thing I'm trying to impart on this kind of podcast circuit, so to speak, that I've been on mm. is because I feel like part of, I've gotten really clear on one of my purposes in life is to try and help people who have gone through some adversity, who's, who's like friends, so to speak. You, you do lose a lot of friends when you get really, really serious about what you want. Yeah. Whose friends are the ones who are actually talking shit about them the ones who are like doubting them and all that kind of stuff. And all those kind of things make up a really amazing story 
if you can accomplish what you want. And I really believe that there isn't a thing in this world that you can you can't do when you put your mind to something, and if you're willing to, to put in the work to get there. Yeah, so you that's just kind gotta of what like, I'm trying to impart. You just gotta like tunnel vision it, man. Like I didn't know that that there was that much like sacrifice and well not sacrifice necessarily but obstacles in your path and in your journey as well bro it's just literally like every time you just kept getting up you just kept getting knocked down but the fact that you just keep getting back up and fighting is motivating to everybody listening and just shows like your true character i appreciate that and like that's something that i hope people see in me and i'm i'm I, I, I go back and forth on this line because a lot more happened in those two and a half years than I'm really almost ready to say. Like a lot, I haven't, I haven't, like I've been on a lot of interviews in the last probably like month or two. Yeah. And then I, I, they, I get asked this kind of question a lot and I always debate so like internally because I, I think to myself, like there's so much more that happened to me in the course of those two and a half years but if I do say, like go completely just like unfiltered and just kind of let everything loose, like I, I just don't know, like if I'm at that point where I'm just going to be like, all right, time to go. I feel like there's a better, there's going to be a better time in my plan. My God will let me know when that time is, you know, but yeah, it, it's one of those things where even unfiltered, I feel like there's a lot of value that I could try and help people with, you know, mm-hmm. it's just the aspect of like putting your nose to the grindstone, getting after what you want. Yeah. So wait, you said you you said you had to appeal SC, right? Because they rejected you the first time. You said you had to appeal them. Yeah. So I got so I I applied to SC obviously as a senior out of high school. You know, I I did fine in high school up until like I was I mean shit. I, academics was the most important part of really my life at for the first three years of high school. I was all about Absolutely. school. Yeah. I was I was I was a huge 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 nerd. Like I wore the sweater vest and all that shit. Mm. and <laughs> no yeah seriously and um I was focused so focused on baseball and academics that there was no other like ancillary part of my life that I really else like focused on like and it wasn't until I got cut by that baseball team at cathedral which is the high school I went to um mm. my junior year that my world kind of got upended in that regard because you know it was like the plan baseball all the way until ride that bitch till it comes off Yep. But I didn't think that that the wheels would come off so early. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. You know, but, that was, um, was there a plan B or was SC always plan? Plan B was plan A. SC was all it all know, the way through. It, I'm, it's funny you say that because I had met with college counselors and mm. my college counselor, like she said, Chris, you would need to get realistic about USC. You're not going there. Like she basically said that mm. in so many words. And I have like I was on a interview like a few weeks ago and it talked like I brought out like a note, like a, the note sheet on your phone of all the shit that people said to me. I wrote a lot of it down and uh, they said, you need to get really, really clear about your, where you want to go because you need to re- be realistic about your USC expectations. But the thing is, dude, like even when I was applying to other schools at a JUCO, I, I just couldn't get myself to do it. No. I couldn't, like I couldn't get myself to actually give up on a goal. Like I couldn't, I, something that I held so near and dear since I was so young. And it's, it's just one of those things that even I got accepted to some other schools that I like all the other schools that I applied to out of Juco. I was like, I could write my ticket anywhere. I got like a four Oh, so it was just, you know, so it was one of those deals where I couldn't actually stomach the idea of one going somewhere other than SC and two, knowing that I 
punted on one of the biggest goals in my life. I couldn't have done that. Like, and there were times where I thought to myself, like, okay, maybe God's leading me down this way. So that way something else would happen, go somewhere else, go to university of Texas, go to, uh, wherever it was, you know, mm-hmm. but I just couldn't, I just thought to myself, I'm like, shit, I can't just, I really can't give it up. I just cannot do it. So, but to answer your original question about getting denied out of, out of like, I think it was Ryan who asked me that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was like right after that, I got denied senior year. Then my first year at JUCO, I take resp- full responsibility for this. Obviously, not crossing my T's and dotting my I's, but I got some dumb advice from my cou- counselor. You know, it's not, I'm not going to go deeply into that. No, no, no. Because at the end of the day, it's still my fault. I still fucked up. Okay. Because like, if you take the, if you take the idea of extreme ownership and just kind of put it in your own life, the, at the end of the day, the only person who's responsible is you. Yeah. Like you can listen to other people, but if you don't have it, if you don't have your shit together, like it's at the end of the day, it's your fault. Yeah. But then after that, I obviously appealed back. So I'm like, I had a good enough GPA. I, you know, I was going to do what I needed to do, but they still said no, because, you know, they didn't think I was like, I didn't have a certain requirement or whatever it was, but you know, a lot of people probably would have quit at that point. They would have phoned it in, gone to a smaller school and then maybe even not have played, maybe not have played sports, but I just knew that I had a lot more in the tank and my bro- I do credit with my brother for pushing me down that road too, because after that game, I was thinking to myself like, shit, what do I do? He's like, dude, you can't stop playing football. And mm-hmm. I never, I, I was never going to phone it in, but like, I also do, oh, I will give credit to where credit is due. And like, my brother was a huge part of that. It's those uh, Southern California ties growing up in oh, San yeah. Diego. Oh yeah. Yeah. How was it? How was it growing up in Southern California? You know, Southern California is a really, really beautiful spot, but you know, it, it's one of those things I've gotten to the point where like, I, I spent like a few, like a month in San Diego in like June or July. Mm-hmm. This is because my brother had elbow surgery down there and we were staying at this hotel. And um, my brother's like, he's a stud. He's going to go, like, he's going up to the facility in Seattle like next month and he's going to go. And next thing you know, he'll be signed by a pro club. He, 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 he's a pitcher for baseball, by the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so he'll, he'll do that. But um, we were rehab, he was rehabbing down there and I was just with him. So I didn't really have anything else to do at that point because the aspects of where I am now, like I wasn't really needed in the organization that I'm at at that time. Mm-hmm. But um, so we were just kind of tr- chilling down there. And it was honestly, I felt so like, like I went so backwards just being in the place that I grew up. I don't know what it is. Like, I- I'm not trying to come at like San Diego like that, but cause it's a really awesome, beautiful place. But I will say that when I moved up to LA, and when I started playing at SC and that, uh, it just never was the same. San Diego, like, I think San Diego was like a place that if you're a very specific individual is really, really perfect for you. Like if you are more laid back, you kind of just kind of go with the flow kind of stuff. You trade, I always say this and I'm not, shit, this might be a little controversial, but in the interest of unfiltered sports talk, I feel like a lot of people in San Diego trade goals and ambition for good weather. Wow. <laughs> and and being a big party guy, I know you're Christian and you said and you said you veered away from the party life. I gotta ask, what was the party scene like up there? Is it hard to stay away from or is it, how no. tempting is it? So <laughs> um prior to my like I, I so from the time I was 17, I was going clubbing. I was mm. started going clubbing when I was 17. And 
I was so like about it all the time, like 17, like partying and high clubbing, like every weekend from the time I was 17 up to the time I was 20. And that was like the biggest part of like my weekend and shit like that. So I was all about that. And San, I will say this, like San Diego is a serious, serious clubbing spot. Like I will give you, I will give them credit where credit is due with that because they've got like Omnia down there. They've got Flux, Cake, Park, uh, Bang Bang. Shit, a lot of fucking memories. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, look at the time it was fun. It was awesome, but like, I wasn't making any progress towards who I wanted to become. Mm-hmm. And LA is cool too. Don't get me wrong. I never, by the time I got to SC, I was pretty much straight edge. Like I really like I'm straight edge in the sense of like, I don't drink or anything like that now, but like I, I was for the most part, like very straight edge at that point. So my clubbing in LA was kind of low key. Yeah. Like, you know, I didn't really do that. But what I will say is that as you kind of rise up in LA, like, just being going to juco everything's kind of like there but once i started playing got in the usc then i get accepted like i'm starting playing at usc it's like the city kind of opens up to you and as you go up that ladder it becomes more and more fun like and you know it's just on a friday night you go to korean barbecue with your buds like it's kind of open up in this world the city's kind of yours like it's really awesome like obviously it's a very minor expense but like or like aspect of it but you know, people like see the SC gear out and like, holy shit, like that's really cool. Like come up and talk to you sometimes, take a picture with you. Like, you know, it's 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 really really fun like that. And I never really got into the clubbing scene up there. That's you know by design. But you know, back when I was 17, 18, 19, 20, you know, it it, it was wild. It was wild. But you know, I was never really that much of a degenerate. But <laughs> <laughs> and like you kind of tunnel visioned your goals. And as soon as you like got, I not going to say completely what you wanted, but you got into USC, like that's what you've always wanted. So you're attending there, you're there, like you're playing on, like you're on the team. So you're a Trojan, like you're achieving all these things. So like, you don't want to backpedal either. So you're going to keep tunnel visioning the things that helped you get to that point. No, and that's the thing too. Like, <laughs> there is the, like that kind. Of, I had so much respect for where I got. Meaning, mm-hmm. like, when I got to USC, like, I just became so, so, so like happy that I was there. That I wasn't gonna really do anything to jeopardize my standing there. Because yeah. like, there were times where these kids, like, certain kids, I won't mention names, but like, mm-hmm. whom I played at SC with, would really, really get under my skin. And they'd be like, Chris, why don't you just swing on this kid? And I'm thinking, I'm like, I worked way too hard mm-hmm. to get here to get kicked off because of some mercurial kind of drive, you know? Yeah. So I, I, like, everyone's like, dude, there's this kid who just kept like, like fucking sticking me. And I was just, I was just thinking to myself, like, I worked way too hard to get here and I'm not going to get into fucking Coach Helton's office and have him say, Bubba, you're off the squad. I, I was not going to do that. Mm-hmm. So, like, and I'm pretty, like, I, I find myself a very like logical person and I, I don't really negative, like a, like react off of emotions. Like some people do. Mm-hmm. It takes like, I'm a very, it takes, let me put it this way. There's like, like an adage, like very slow to anger. Like I'm my, my fuse is very long, but like my reaction to someone continue like fucking poking at me won't be like, okay, just let me swing on you. Like I'm going to get to where I need to go and then consider that, 
tie cut off if you ever need something ever again. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm going to get to where I need to go in spite of you. And then, hey, you hit me up for this. Hey, Austin, hey, Chris, I'm so happy that you got to SC. Can I get ticks to the game? That message is getting left on red. You know, five years, <laughs> down, the road, five years down the road, like, I don't whatever I'm doing. And it's like, like hey, Chris, can you hear me? It's just like, you, you know, the answer is going to be no. Why'd you ask? Like, that kind of stuff. Mm. So it's like, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you kind of got to make you, you, you give people enough rope to hang themselves. That's, that's the best way to put it. So Chris, I got to ask you, um, since you started playing uh, baseball and now you're playing football, what's, uh, what is your heart more set on you think in terms of favorite you know, sport? I will here's here's what I'll always say. Cause I've been asked this question a few times. I will always say that across the board, baseball is a better sport, at least as far as I'm concerned. I will say that because there's a few reasons. Obviously, I played football for at USC for two years and two and a half years at USC, then one full year in high school. I've had two knee surgeries in that time. Jesus. You know, you know I mean, so the injury aspect is obviously part of it, you know, but yeah. you kind of get over yeah. that, you know, but in, I'm, I was just squatting at the gym the other day and I, I'm at this hotel in Arizona called the Scottsdale Resort. And they kind of plugged me because I have, they have plugged me because I have an interview or a show I'm going on later today. And they hooked me up with this awesome ballroom. They're really cool. And anybody who's in Arizona and Scottsdale should check them out. But um, I drove out from LA last night and my knee has been on fucking fire the last two days ever since I squatted. <laughs> like, I'm, I, I shit you not. It is so sore. And I'm extending it right now and I hear clicks. So the injury aspect is very important considering football. But oh, that knee injury is a lingering thing then oh yeah I'm at, when I, i'm moving to miami next month so i'm gonna have like i've already got um i've got a place i'm gonna be working with down there already nice but, beautiful. Um, yeah but dude the other aspect of sport baseball comparatively to football is like there are very few things that are as serene tranquil like there's a almost like a dopamine rush when you're running a route on a beautiful day in, at USC, and you see the ball in the air, watch it and track it all the way into your hands and it's run up the field. So that's where I say football's got baseball beat for sure. Yeah. Cross the board, I think baseball's a better like longevity sport, but I will tell you what, I mean, catching, warming up in the Coliseum in front of 60,000 people, trying to like one hand ball, snagging balls with one hand, like you're about to play like Utah. It's it, like those, it's a buzz. Those, are peak, those are peak experiences <laughs> that baseball never could offer you. Anxiety's just rolling through the veins. <laughs> oh my no, dude! I I I I say this a lot, and there was the first time I ran out of the tunnel at the Coliseum. There's this so the way it works is that there's obviously that big like kind of ramp that you drop that you run down, and there's like the big USC turf, like all cardinal and gold, like all the logos and all like the patches and shit. But then there's like this little section of dirt before you get onto the field. It's almost like a like imagine like I think it was when they built the Coliseum for the Olympics, like they built like a track right there. So there's like a dirt section right there. And after running down the, down the ramp, I get to the, I get to the dirt and I don't remember anything after the dirt until I'm in the other end zone praying. Like, until I'm like thanking God for like, even like having this experience, let alone being on the squad. And next thing I know, I just come to right at that point because I blacked out just from sheer adrenaline for a hundred and something yards. <laughs> it, it was 
no it was it was so crazy i just remember lo- the last thing i remember seeing was looking up at the parasail which is that big like greco thing with a torch on top i remember seeing the torch right there and i remember seeing like five or six individual fireworks just going up right behind it that was the last thing i remember and then that's the awesome thing, you know i'm like that's lit no dude it was it was like uh, it was like imagine like a, imagine like you're in a doom buggy like running over like shit and then you hear like a machine gun right behind you like that's an adrenaline <laughs> Is it, that, like that's the drama. Did you have family there your first game or uh, oh, like yeah. everyone there? So, yeah, absolutely. So my mom, my dad, and my brother were there. I invited one of this one one other of my friends who um, actually pitched at US UCLA, and he um, and now he just got drafted by the Dodgers, and he's actually in the um, Dodgers organization right now. He's killing it, but his car broke down, or at least at least that's the story he told me. And I was, obviously I was hot and bothered by that. I'm like, dude, it's my fucking game. Take an Uber. But like, <laughs> yeah. like it's my first game as a Trojan. So like, my Let mom, me shine. my dad, and my brother. <laughs> <laughs> dude, no, it was, everybody was there. You know, I think my mom flew back to that game. My mom did fly back to that game because she was in Colorado at that time. But no, that was, that was one of the best days of my life too, for sure. It was an amazing day and everybody was there. Like, it, it was, it was holy shit like i'm gonna well up just thinking about it <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah no, I, I remember um you can go on in a sec but like yeah, yeah. There, i remember coming down off the stairs like walking into um walking into the coliseum because we have this tradition called trojan walk so you get on the buses and then you come through like all the fans and all the tailgates they have this like pathway that leads you from the buses to the Coliseum, like amongst 10,000 people or whoever, like how many, ever many people it is, like depending on who's playing, depending how good we are, blah, blah, blah. Like when Reggie and Matt were there and they were, they were like really contending every year, that bitch was so full. You couldn't even see the grass or anything around it, you know? (laughs) But um, back when I, when I was there, it was still pop. It was still popping for sure. But um you walk through like the sea of people, you get to the top where the stairs are, and then you go down the stairs and like through the Audi club, and then you get on the grass. And I remember walking onto the grass and touching the grass the first time and walking next to the, shit, that's the East field goal. And it's never my eyes begin to water. Like it just was such a beautiful time. It was an amazing thing. Praise God for that. Yeah, man. Like, certain things you just got to sit there and soak up the moment. Cause it's just one of those moments in your life where you're like, it's maybe one of the only times I experienced this or I've never experienced anything like this before. So I'm just going to oh, yeah. soak it all in. It was, it was, it was amazing. And the salt, I was listening to uh best day ever by Mac Miller. Like, <laughs> RIP. Yeah. Rest in peace, Mac Miller. I remember that was the song I was listening to. I just remember like being so happy. But dude, there are a lot of experiences that I see. They're freaking nuts. Like, I've never told this story, but like, in the interest of saying things that you'll never ever experience again, mm. let me tell you something. Fall camp is a completely fucking wild beast. It is, and it's not like the aspects of the practice itself, which are crazy, but I will tell you what dorm life with your freaking teammates, it is mental. It is so nuts. <laughs> And it, w- <laughs> I can, bro, I can talk about any freaking story, but the one I'll mention is on the last night of fall camp, 
throughout that whole two weeks, we were all in like the dorms together. And yeah. my my group who I was rooming with, I think my receiver coach like put us together because we we're all the most laid back guys in our on our team and in our position group for sure. It was myself, Devin Williams, who plays at Oregon, Manu McLean, who transferred to Utah, and then Tyler Vaughn, who plays with the Colts. So they all, they all put all of us together because we were super laid back. I'm so convinced of that. So throughout that week, they have these situations called the purge. And the purge is probably exactly what it sounds like. It's offense versus defense. And I'll tell you what, you better not be walking around the stairs or anywhere if you're on offense and defense is on the bow because they will jump you. <laughs> and it is, <laughs> it was, no, dude, it was, it was you have to watch your back. Like once – like once it all set, once it all starts, like you better not be leaving your room and you better lock the door because we had a situation the first night where <laughs> we left the door unlocked and defense was going after it. And they came in and they just fucking turned our room over. Like our room, like couches were turned over, trash was all emptied all over the fucking living room. <laughs> and it was, and it was a disaster. But towards the end, offense got really smart. <laughs> fuck, I shouldn't be saying this, but <laughs> I'm, gonna get, I'm gonna get in trouble for this one. I'm gonna be honest with you, but um, there was this time where where everyone kind of, when the last purge happened, it was like I've never like I don't think I hope no one ha- here has been had the opportunity to go to prison, but I will say after watching movies and series and shit like that, imagine like how people are yelling at each other from their cell blocks. Like, that's what it became. Like, the entire side of the building just became everyone jawing at each other because, like, we're going to get you, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and the entire side of this fucking building is just jawing at each other. And I think the football team only had four or five floors, and this building's, like, 11, 12 floors. So all these probably international students are probably having their world rocked right at that point. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Because like, that's where the international students stay. Like, I, I, I felt very badly for them at that point because it's probably not a great indication of what the country's like. But, um, <laughs> what I will say is, especially the school, USC is a very like open and tolerant place. But the thing that I'm trying to mention is that once the offense got smart and started locking their doors and stuff and recognizing when defense was going to come in, they came, <laughs> defense came up one time. This one kid went and bought an airsoft gun for the, like a few days before. And then the elevator doors open and he just unloads on these. (laughs) (laughs) And then that day, just like, that was obviously the last day and the purge sirens were going around from everyone bringing their speakers out. It was one of the most unbelievably wild, surreal experiences of my life. And I remember thinking to myself, holy shit, I'm at fall camp at USC and this is what it's like. (laughs) This is the real experience. Yeah, bro. It was wild. It was unbelievable. I never told that story before. Hopefully you don't get mad at me for that. <laughs> that sounds like chaos. Is there a position group that's a little bit more fucking sus than the other position groups? Like, are the tight ends a little bit more on the, you know what I'm saying? Like the wide receivers or who's, uh, you got to expose the position groups. You don't got to name names, but. Uh... That's a good question. That's a really good question <laughs> because I will say that the like our room was definitely kind of sus. I'm be honest with you. <laughs> we, had really, we had some really really awesome kids in that room. Like I made some really really tight friends from that group. But I will like I'm gonna be completely honest and say like there was some real fuckery that went around in the locker room with that with that group. 
the DBs were probably like, I will say, here's the thing, like, and the receiver saying this about DBs, the, the DBs definitely kept it a buck in the opposite direction. They were the last person you expect to be with that kind of stuff, you know? And then they were like, it's tough to say on like an aggregate, which group was the most sus because there were like individuals and in specific groups that kind of were like into that stuff. But I will say that I think the receivers probably were the most sus. I'm going to be honest. Like, if wow. I, if I, wow. Throws himself under the bus. Out, <laughs> I'm sure there's a I lot of tight that, ends out there. That's going to respect that. No, I mean, I, that's the thing. Like, my first year I was a tight end, then I got brought on to play receiver. Mm-hmm. And, like, the tight ends were, like, shit. I looked at the roster the other day. I was looking at a picture. One of my one of my kids I played with posted a picture of all the tight ends. And they're, like, nine or ten tight ends now. When I was there, it was, like, my first year, it was myself, Daniel, Austin, Eric, and Josh. There were only five of us. And then going into my second season, when I switched, when I got pulled to play receiver, it was myself, Eric, Josh, and then Juice. There were only four of us. There were only four of us for that spring camp. Then halfway through, (laughs) I got pulled to play receiver. And then Jude's like, Jude Wolf's really awesome kid. I love Jude. Um, He goes, yeah, Kalk just said, fuck it. I'm going to go play wide receiver and left us high and dry. (laughs) 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 But yeah, no, it was was funny. It was funny. But yeah, I mean, I have love for the tight ends for sure because that was a position that I'll tell you what, dude. Tight ends, tight ends need more credit where credit. They need credit where credit is due because they've got to run routes and then try and steal the end on the guy who needs to be blocked. He's like three fifty and go in the NFL or three thirty, yeah. you know, whatever it is, like or three hundred. But shit, man, I'll tell you what, like tight end is a difficult position. Yeah, they got to be a brick I- wall and they got to have glue hands at the same time. Yep, dude. <laughs> I I remember like. I remember getting thrown into the fire my first day at SC. Like I, like I said, tight end, and I never played tight end before. So they just threw me there because like I was bigger, like I was bigger in stature, but I was still like getting dwarfed by these kids. So I'm like six three. I was about two ten at the time, and these kids are like six five, two forty. So scout team tight end, like that was me. <laughs> that was my first role, and then you're blocking kids on the first team D who are playing for the Browns now. You know, these kids are like, or having to come in, go up in the divide, play off the nose, and then go hit a guy who's playing for, you know, the Vikings. Like, it's it's sickening, especially when you're like 100 pounds less than them. You just got to really work on your freaking form. And you really, de- you definitely have an appreciation yeah. <laughs> for, what the, for what the craft becomes, because it, 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 it is a grueling job. It is crazy. And you get ripped apart if you don't know what you're doing, especially at USC. Oh my gosh! If you don't know what you're fucking doing, they've won, baby. Dude, dude, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. Like, there's this one coach who just snapped on kids. Dude, it was hilarious. It was hilarious. It's, it, it's hilarious when it's not the one being when you're not the one who's being done to. Oh yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, but I I realized that like the names and shit that were like being yelled, I didn't know when I, when I was getting called those names, I was getting like ripped apart, and I was like looking down. Like, fuck I feel terrible but when I was playing receiver and I was out for a play and he'd do it to somebody else he'd turn around and start laughing (laughs) (laughs) so it wasn't it wasn't like it was just like pejorative but it it was like a lot of times it was just for shits and gigs yeah is that something you get accustomed to being called those names uh when you fuck up um yeah you just get used to it oh oh for sure (laughs) you can't play I mean let me put this everyone today there are a lot of people 
today who are so overly sensitive, not at USC, but like just in society in yeah, general. In general like, yeah. And I'm not even like talking like people who disagree with you, but people who don't have any sense of accountability. Those are the kind of people who you really, really want to stay away from. And those kind of people are generally the ones who don't succeed in sports. Because if you fuck up and you're trying to blame somebody else, again, it goes back to the eyes of extreme ownership. And if you're, if you, if you, if you have that like mentality of not trying to take accountability or like thinking that you're never wrong, holy shit, you won't last a day at a big program. Yeah. I will tell you that for sure. Because if you do, if you have that, I've seen guys who do that. And like, it, it gets really ugly because it goes from like them or the, the coach wanting to correct them. And then they go back at the coach because they think they're whatever. And it just escalates and escalates and escalates and escalates. And at the end of the day, the coach is always right. So if you can't take correction or if you can't like, if you can't like listen to anybody, then holy shit, not only in life, but especially in sports. You will not last long. You're in for a long. fucking rough one. You're in for a rough one. I'll say that. Yeah. So you're foregoing your senior year. I, yeah, I for I forwent it last year with COVID. It was last it was year. Okay. Those, yeah, it was one of those deals where um, I got presented with a pretty awesome opportunity, and like I'm purposely being vague about it because I'm as close to being under NDA as I can be. Mm-hmm. So like I was presented with a pretty awesome opportunity, and it just became I got to do one or the other, and was either play my last year or go into this and. It, it just became one of those things of like I, I can't miss it. Like I can't. There's yeah. so much value that I've already had as to having walked away and being about shit a year removed from football. And granted, like it was one of the more tough decisions I've ever had because, like you guys, like I said, I told you guys a little bit about my story and knowing how tough it was to get to SC and how hard I worked to get there. Yeah. And just thinking to myself, like, damn, I really, really, really this is the major goal and dream that I've accomplished. And I miss football still. I still mm. miss football. Like going out, running routes, getting ready for a game on Saturday. Are you crazy? Like that, that's some of the most fun I've had. Like those Wednesday practices, Thursday practices, like no repeat Thursday, you've got shells on or whatever it is, just running routes and making plays and scout team and special teams. Those are some of the most highly, highly valued memories that I have. Yeah. And those were unbelievably fun, especially on home games. But like, it just became the point where you got to make a choice. And the choice that I made, the choice that I made, do I still miss football? Absolutely. But do I regret my decision? Absolutely not. Yeah, so that, it's a lot of will to make that decision. Go ahead, man. Oh, um, your, your new opportunity, obviously you're close to an NDA, so you can't really talk about it, but we're obviously going to see this new opportunity unfold for you in the near future. I would Absolutely. assume. Yeah, very, very soon. Very, okay. very soon. Perfect. So we will, we will stay up to date on that and we'll yeah, all know when it happens. <laughs> I'll gladly come back on the show to discuss it in its entirety when I can, when we announce it publicly. Absolutely, man. Glad to hear so so your brother's a pitcher you said right yeah my brother is a pitcher any interest in moving to john or playing for the blue jays at any point in his career? <laughs> yeah, yeah you can play with this guy right here <laughs> yeah seriously no i mean look here's the deal with with him with my brother name's austin he mm-hmm. uh he's a converted catcher and he decided to start uh pitching like a, a year ago and i'll tell you what like 
there's a lot of stress on the elbow that comes from pitching the catch or from catching the pitching. Yep. But after having had no like formal training or anything like that in pitching, just watching Instagram videos and just working out relentlessly and getting to where he needs to go. The kid was like no form or anything, just sitting there fucking boom, boom, just fucking firing this bitch just into the zone. <laughs> and no training, no nothing. And he, I think the feeling is so, so, so high for him that I wouldn't count out. Whoever wants to sign him will inevitably be getting a huge, huge stud when I get him. That may or may not be the Blue Jays. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we need him. I'll talk to my guys. Maybe we'll be in touch. So, yeah. <laughs> so you got to be coming from a, a naturally athletic family especially with uh being raised by a, a professional chef mother that's the dream for one <laughs> you know it, it, it's i do say like we do my family does have some pretty gifted like athletic genes for sure like my mom like we always give her shit but she was a she like used to show horses a bunch so like okay. so it's like she's like try controlling a 2,000 pound animal and see how athletic that is mm-hmm. and I'm like laughing at her the whole time but it's like I just give her respect but her my mom's brothers were actually like very athletic too and I'll talk about my dad in a sec but my mom's brothers my my uncle Tony he was a pro triathlete he ran Ironman like 10 times um he uh played his highest position placing was like 11th was gonna be like fourth his high other highest one or something like that and um, my other uncle, um, he was an alternate on the Olympic team for rowing. For um, shit, I don't know, he won the Pan Am Games or something like that. I don't, I don't really remember because we didn't really talk to that side of the family that much. But um, my dad's family, like my dad, never really like he played like high school and stuff like that. My dad was a really awesome tennis player. Like he's still really good, and I think he could have definitely walked onto a program if had he been more serious about it. But um. Or, shit, he might have gotten a scholarship. I don't know. But nevertheless, my dad was really, like, into tennis. My dad still is an athlete still. But um, when he, my dad went to USC, too. So that's where, like, the ties for USC kind of were. Whether you want to call it motivation or indoctrination, as what people like to refer to, especially <laughs> when talking about USC. But, um, yeah, he, um, he was, he ran the all-university track meet. All three, my dad transferred from Boulder. But he ran the all-university track meet all three three years. He was there, and he won each time. So my dad wow. used to fly. My dad used to fly back in the day. <laughs> but um, no, yeah, I mean, so I, I would say like there's a there's some fairly gifted athletic genes in there for sure. But it comes like if you don't kind of like put work in to do that, like from the time as long as long like as long as I can remember. I was always wanting to catch passes in the front yard with my dad or mm. in the front in the, or in front of his bed at our house, like throwing me passes or going to the baseball field and taking BP on a Saturday afternoon when there's no game. So it's like that kind of stuff, you know I mean? You, uh, gift athletically genes, there are some definite, you know, traces of that for sure. But, you know, it just became the passion, you know, whether nature nurture argument, I don't know, but it, it, it just with passion and genes, like, you know, it's, it's, it's a real, you can really do a lot with that for sure. Yeah. So back, back when you were playing for USC, who's in the headphones, who's pumping you up before the pregame? Shit. So in the call, co- I wasn't on the, the headphones. Oof, the even in the room. locker room, even in the locker room, who's on the speakers. <laughs> if a, you've I got a, the ox. Uh, Is he? Okay. Let me. <laughs> So, um, uh, 
You know, that's a great question. I think there's there are a few answers to that. Oh yeah. Before my before my tryout at USC, I threw on my beats and started listening to like Skillet, like crazy, like Dreams and Nightmares by Meek Mill, like all this kind of shit that like fires you the fuck up. And but before a game, like a lot of people choose different shit. So some people are like listening to like really, really monotone music. Like a lot of people listen to like Chloe Kai and stuff like that, which is more like ukulele. And a lot of the polys love to do that. And um, I can understand why, because they don't want to get too hyped or too whatever, you know, but before practice, I would listen to more like low key rap, for instance, like to the top by Lil Baby or Astro, um, what's the song called? Uh, Yosemite by Travis Scott, like, no, 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 like very like yeah, that kind of stuff. But right before you pop off and you're about to go into the, into the game, like you run out of the tunnel, it was invariable that dreams and nightmares by Meek Mill would come on. So, and that was every time the whole team would get up in the middle of the locker room, that song would be coming up and everyone would be like, you should pray for times like this to rhyme like this. Like the entire team was singing it. It's like, Oh my gosh. It was so, it was, it was, it was that was surreal too i'll tell you that for sure but you know so it, it just kind of became like it within like when i was actually having to go out and practice like when i was practicing it'd be like more for me it was more like low-key but that was by design so yeah. if i was like I, I knew i wasn't gonna go play on saturday like i was just suiting up you know pre-seat a uh, pre-game all-american try and make some snacks you know get some you know that kind of stuff and then you're watching the rest of the game like whatever you want to listen to. Like I never brought my beats out on the field. They always have the DJ spinning or whatever. So that was always fun. Beats better run the sponsorship. They want you to wear the headphones on the field. Yeah, I know. Seriously. How they come with that, <laughs> I would have probably done it. <laughs> so Chris, uh, when you, uh, when you first tore your ACL, um, did you do it like running a route? Like the same as when you fully tore it the second time or. So. I hate thinking about this, but uh, sorry, sorry, way to remind him, George. Sorry, man, you don't have to if you don't want to. Don't worry. No, 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 no. (laughs) I will, I'll happily answer damn near any question you have. Like, (laughs) I'm just curious. That's all. No, 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 no. It's a fine question to ask. What I, what I remember is like I was running this post route. I was playing receiver, so I was running a deep post, and I don't like at that point my football knowledge was so limited that I look back on it and I think to myself like that ball was never fucking coming to me. Um, but um, <laughs> no shot of the ball coming to me. But um, I remember running this deep post, and I, the tight end had like this wheel route or this seam route where they were going to hit him, and the tight, tight end ended up scoring the touchdown. But their field safety, well, I remember the attack the ball was on, I think it was the field safety, was like in pursuit of him, and I was like behind him by like seven or eight yards. So and he saw me because I was trying to go up and like blindside this kid and try and knock him. That was the thing that went through my head. I'm like, I'm gonna try and put this kid on his ass. See, he catches me. He sees me like three yards. I'm like, all right, I still gotta hit him. So I hit him. We lock up, and then I go in my because I was I was coming like my like momentum was coming this way, and then he moved and I he grabbed me and I grabbed him and then I planted off my left and twisted on my left. And then I remember feeling like, imagine like a tennis racket string. Imagine a tennis racket string goes bong, or like you pop a guitar string. That's what oh, I yeah. felt. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I felt that. And I didn't know what that was. I'm like, what the hell is this? Tight end ended up scoring though, which was awesome. You know, 
even though it was like the first game, which was cool. But I think it was one of his only. I think it was yeah. not trying to throw this kid under the bus, but I think it was one of his only t- t- touchdowns that year. But um, no. But anyway, um, that being said, like <laughs> that was how I tore it. And then I remember just trying to rehab it, like, and it obviously healed with some scar tissue, but it was like, mm-hmm. yeah, scar tissue really, like, the only way you fix a ligament is with surgery. So, like, and the, the trainer who I, I, the high school I went to, said it was a quad injury from off the field. I'm like, I don't know how, like, my knee hurts, but it's a quad injury. Okay, you know, whatever. But yeah, yeah. So Jesus you know, it just it was just one of those deals where you know it just happens. You know, I'm I'm I look back on it, I'm like there was no way that Chris at that time was one going to ever play. Like, like I was talent. I had great hands and I still loved playing the end. And like, I had certain intangibles that, yeah, but there was no way, like I'm just being completely a buck about it. There's no way that that Chris was going to play at USC. I may have had the vision and all the doubt that I caught from all the kids I went to high school with, like that was directed at that Chris. And I don't blame them for that. Like, I really don't because, I look at it, I'm like, holy shit, that kid's not playing there either. Like, I don't disagree with them, but where are they, where I like butt heads and like talk about this and where I find like I wanting to, like me wanting to talk about it to help other kids who caught doubt from their people who are, who people who don't believe in them, where I think that your friends should support you is where they were seeing you where you are, but not doubting the work or the person that you are to put the work in to get where you need to go because where they were wrong is in their assumption that I wasn't going to do what I needed to do to get there because like I was here I needed to be here I was point a I needed to be at z there was a lot of ground that I made had to make up and as opposed to like yeah Chris we're going to support you yeah good for you dude go after it they're like there's no way you're walking on at USC are you fucking crazy like that kind of stuff they all try to stop it at the end of the day like I laugh at them I laugh at them now because I think to myself, like those are the kids who like really, really like those, those days where I was just getting shit on in the locker room, those days I just look back at, I'm like, praise God, because those are the days where I think to myself, like those drove me, those drove me. Yeah. Yeah. Straight up, man. Yep. It's facts. Any, uh, any standout coaches to you that said anything, you know, uh, stick this going to stick around with you for life or, uh, any standout coaches to you positive or negative? <laughs> Let's do both. Either or. Um, so I, let me think. So I can, I can list positive ones for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, there were a lot of, a lot of the people at my high school, like the coaches or whatever, like, They'll still like, for instance, there's this one coach, he, he ended up, he was playing at the high school that I went to like four years, four years after went to some small, like D one school. When I say D one, I mean like not like a real D one, you know? Yeah. And then there's this one time where the, I, I didn't find that, find out about this until like recently, but this happened like two years ago, but um, I was, I don't have Twitter, but someone sent this tweet to me recently and there's a, the, cathedral, the cathedral like Twitter football or whatever bullshit account that it was. I don't remember what it was. Might've been their like, student section account said name of name of Don's alumni, which is like the cathedral Don's like name of Don's alumni who played sports and like that. And one kid who I was friends with, who I haven't out talked to as much anymore, but like who I still like, like, I think he's a nice kid. Um, he tweeted USC receiver, Chris Kalks. And this coach commented back on it 
and they said like with two laughing emojis i'm like you guys can honestly you guys can't fucking spit it out yeah. like you guys still can't deal with the fact that i proved every one of you motherfuckers wrong and i think it's the <laughs> i think it's the funniest thing ever i really do and i would my that tweet was the only one that that account didn't like and i still sit there and laugh because i'm like ha you guys proved me wrong i proved you all wrong and you guys yep. are, you know but like there are a lot of people who like love to laugh at my like my dreams from my high school or from whatever but i don't want to just keep going in the negatives but you know, I'll, I'll go to switch chips to the positives because those are the kind of people who you want to surround yourself with. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, enough of the negatives about that, but the positive coaches that I really, really, really admire for one and two highly re- like recommend. First of all, I got to give a shout out to Brett, Brett Swain, receiver coach. Um, he is a awesome, awesome person. If you're ever in San Diego, he actually, he played for uh, the, Packers won a Super Bowl with the Packers and ended up playing up in Canada for the Rough Riders wow. towards the end of his career. Okay. Wow! Yeah, so he was so he was awesome. Brett's awesome. knows knows the game very well. Can teach routes very cleanly. Like he took me from where I was like where all like I had all these tools so to speak and really developed them and made me into like a receiver that USC could like bank on not bank on but like they could like look at and be like okay he's good enough to play at USC for sure. Yeah. So he is one of the huge 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 like people i owe so much gratitude to i'm blessed that god put me in that position to have reached out to him in that point and it all worked out very very well so brett swain huge 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 plus anyone who needs to work with somebody like that highly highly recommend um second person that i will shout out i have three second person is the receiver coach at usc named carrie colbert kc played in the nfl one of the all-time receiving leaders at usc and by far one of the coolest dudes that I've ever met. He is such an awesome guy. Laid back, puts your note, like, he, he, what makes him so cool is that he really, really wants to help you get where you want to go. And in the receiver room, you have all these awesome quotes from, like, Kobe or, like, like Dr. J or whoever it was, like, written up on this, because the walls are, like, almost entirely made of, like, whiteboards. And you have yeah. all these like quotes, like you can be an and guy or a butt guy. You can be like, uh, there's, I, I, there's so many, I couldn't even remember them. Like, and you have like people who are like, for instance, they talked, he wrote up like Adam Thielen's name on there because he got cut or didn't get offered by a guy named um, Minnesota State Mankato, which is like a really small D shit. I don't even know what division that is, but um, <laughs> the, po- the point is like, he would tell you all these things and order for you to help achieve your goals and I still like think about all those kind of deals and when I'm like a leader in whatever I end up doing like I want to have similar like situations like written up on like printed obviously on like walls around the offices and stuff like that so I think that's a really really awesome way to remind people how to achieve their goals on a daily basis but Mm -hmm. Casey is an awesome dude highly highly any recruit listening to this freaking happens to be receiver recruit Casey's the man and I will always stand by that Third, and not most certainly not last, Clay Helton. He catches a lot of flack, especially being a head coach at USC and the whole fire Helton shit. Like, I, that's one of the most que- the most frequently asked questions that I get. Like, what do you think about Coach Helton? And, like, I don't know if you guys know much about the situation, but it is so consistently, like, everyone, like, oh, fire Helton. A lot of people are like that. I, I don't see it. I think Clay Helton is one of the best guys that I've ever met 
made my dream come true. I have nothing but good things to say about Coach Helton. And I think that they're about to have a really awesome season. A lot of those people who are talking that shit are going to shut up really quick. Yep. And, and you, I mean, we can talk about that at the end of the season and see if I was right. But I really, really have high aspirations for this team. At that same time, I, I really – there are there's a certain aspect of, like, differentials of programs that people love to throw at me meaning like you you never went to Bama or ever or never went to Clemson so you don't know but I will say like yeah you're right I don't know the difference between a Clay Helton program and an Urban Meyer Nick Saban program I don't but what I will say is like I grew so much as a person and as a football player while I was at USC that like opportunities are there for you to develop like whether you choose to take them I understand the buck starts and stops with the coach but I will say that they definitely don't hold back on giving you opportunities to get where you need to go. And it comes back to extreme ownership for sure. Like food's there. Workout opportunities are there. If you want to run routes on the field, all you got to do is talk to one of the people. Track, yep. track field's always open, you know, like every, like you can get there. Like there's, you can get where you need to go, but like. You got, Clay, you got to be the one to do it. Clay makes it very easy for you to get better. I will say that. And I, and when, when I walked away from the team, I have like, he, he was so proud of me, like m- moving into this like opportunity that I moved into. He was like, I'm so proud of you, Chris. Like, uh, like I really want, I, I know you're going to be super successful in it. And he, he was just very, very complimentary to me. And I was very, like, I have nothing but good things to say about Coach Shelton. Hmm. Um, we won't take up too much more of your time right before we get out of here. Uh, just want your take on the NFL. Who are your favorite players to watch? Who's your favorite team? And what do you think is going to go down this year for Super Bowl? Good question. <laughs> so I don't have, I've, I mean, my I don't really have a team. I'm be honest with you. Mm. And the reason why I don't have a team is because I just, like I said, like you guys talked about, I grew up in San Diego. I was a Chargers fanatic when I was a kid. Like that, those, those are the first football games that I went to with my grandma. And I will say this, like, I got so disappointed in the Chargers. I was like, I don't know who I'm going to root for now. Like, <laughs> but, you know, it was just, it was such a, it was one of those deals where I was like in middle school, just distraught at like going seven and seven <laughs> or whatever, eight and eight, sorry. And it was just, it was just a real rough thing for like 11 year old, 12 year old, 13 year old Chris. Anyway, um, my favorite team was the Saints. I loved the Saints because Mike Thomas was an awesome player. And I'll be honest with you, 41 looked really awesome on Kamara and I was 41. <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, all right, Saints are my squad. You know, I, I was rocking with the Saints for a little bit, but as it became more and more like, down the line a lot of my friends who play play in the nfl now like i really want them to do well more so than the team so like one of my buddies plays with the colts is michael Pittman. um if the colts are playing like the vikings whoever they're playing like i'm gonna root for the colts you know it's more like game by game kind of basis for me yeah but there are some hype teams that i really like i really i really really like the titans and that's not just because like i think the receivers are really good but like i've liked them from top to bottom i think like the whole brand of what the Titans are is really dope. Like I was in Nashville last year and I went, drove by Nissan stadium, just drove around it. It's like right on the river, Nashville, like Broadway yeah, like right across the street. Like it, it, it's dope. It's dope. And, and another reason too, is like right after surgery and 
just want to envision myself playing at USC, I watched Julio Jones. That was the guy who I watched, who I wanted to emulate in my routes. Obviously, Julio went to Bama, but he was the person who I like. He was 6'3". He got to two. He was two twenty five at the time. I'm like, okay, that was my goal, six three, two twenty five, and I want to, I want to run routes and play like Julio. So like, I looked at him as a role model for a lot of this stuff. So now he's playing with the Titans too. So I would say that. The team I'm most excited to watch this year will be the Titans, but 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 but, but. I wonder how long that lasts because, like I said, I'm Miami. And one of my really one of my friends who I played SC with, named Austin Jackson, first round pick. Played Austin for, Jackson, played OT, for the Dolphins. OT baby, let's go. I'm I'm a big Fins fan. Austin. Really. Yeah. So yeah, no, I'm 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 really looking at the Dolphins too. So I'm once I get like I mean it'll be I'm sure like once I get caught up in the ambiance of going and like setting it up and like chilling in the box at Hard Rock Stadium, I'm sure it'll be very very difficult to not call them my favorite team. But yeah, uh, no compliment. Yeah. Well, I will say this very complimentary to Austin Jackson. He is the absolute man. His I don't know if like y'all know what he really went through with his sister. His sister had some like really rare disease and he ended up being a bone marrow like donor for her. Wow. Fucking kudos to him. He is a, yeah. a oh. he's a, I remember first round player and a first round guy. All sorts of props to Austin. All sorts of props to that guy. Yeah. Wow. So, and um, any boys on the Steelers? I gotta ask. Any boys on the Steelers <laughs> and the organization? Anybody I gotta contact here soon. That's not a good he's, sign. He's going through memory lane here. <laughs> That's not a good sign. There was one kid who I knew who got signed by the Steelers last year or two years ago. I don't think he's still with the organization. Obviously, people like, oh, Juju. I'm like, I wasn't there when Juju was at USC. So, mm -hmm. um, like, I, I, no, nobody on the Steelers, you know? Uh, nobody Cowboys. Steelers, Cowboys. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> God damn, man! We, gotta, we need my. We need to start cheering for Miami, man. Yeah, dude. I, I, I was hoping I had somebody because one of my buddies was talking to the Cowboys right after he didn't get, right after he didn't get drafted, and that was the only. That's the only tie that I have with Dallas right now is that. And I, I mean, other than watching Hard Knocks, I've got nobody on fucking Cowboys right now. You <laughs> know, it's, it's a disappointing thing. I've, I, I see you rocking twenty one in the background right now, so. My guy right there, man. First round pick in my fantasy draft, but it's comeback Eesh. season. <laughs> comeback will, season for him. Who is uh if you guys are Lions fans, Amon Ra, uh Bills fans, OG, Colts fans got Michael. Shit, I don't know who else. A lot of Mike, obviously Dolphins, Austin, you know, but you covered all of our boys' teams except for me and Jordan here. <laughs> yeah, Not just everyone me. except me. <laughs> oh shit! No, I go down to sorry, man. I go down to Miami every year. Uh, I couldn't last year because of the whole COVID shit. So uh, yeah, I'm going this I year in January. Down, dude, my dude, hit me up while I'm down while you're down there, bro. Like, all right, I will. I'll, I'll be down there starting in October. Okay. And I was down in I was down in Miami last October, and because we were looking for places like to base everything out of obviously Miami is a very favorable or Florida, I'm sorry, or a very favorable tax state. Absolutely. There's no state income tax in Florida. Mm -hmm. um, so we were looking at places and Florida having to be one of them. And I just remember getting off the plane and texting my dad because he was down there at the same time. 
because we were obviously going, but we all took my brother, my dad, and I all took different flights. Okay. <laughs> so I, I flew, I flew and we all kind of timed it differently. But, um, I remember texting my dad the second I got off the flight and in my Uber, I was like, I have a really, really good feeling about this place. Cause it was just awesome. Yeah. I love that city so much. And I, can't I love it too. To go back. And that's the thing, like, dude, it, ha- it really is one of those things. Miami, it's like, has that notion, like notion and preconceived notion that like, it's just a crazy party city, which it is, but like, I'm straight edge and I don't party. Like I still absolutely love the city. Just like yeah. the vibe, the culture, like there's so many things down there, like food, just being down there. I just felt so much better while I was down there yeah. comparatively, but I'm, and I love LA to death. Like I really do love LA, but Miami, like Miami and LA, like splitting time between those two places will not be that. <laughs> no, you're going to be set brother. See, you're used to the heat though. I feel like that that's got something to do with it. When I, if I go down to Miami, man, that shit is way too hot for me. That shit is humidity <laughs> out the ass. I can't even be dealing with that. I come from minus 30 in the winter and then we go right to, you know, plus 30 in the summer. So, Oh shit. No, How- no dude, that's the thing with humidity. Humidity can be a bitch down there for sure. I was playing in the heat. That's got to be something. You know, it's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna to expose myself. Uh, <laughs> I would. There were times where. I'm gonna be honest with you. So the way that SC, like the practice field, works, is that there's this massive building, on the right outside of. Right outside of the camp, like right outside of the practice field. So SC's got like a 50 yard practice field going like this, and then perpendicular it's got a long hundred yard regular yeah. practice field and then you've got all the other bullshit over there mm. but um where we would practice scout team and first team d what we would do is we'd be on the turf field and after a certain point in the year the sun would set and then the building would cover the field i mean like the shadow of the building and that's why they call it dark side so like defense would break down on dark side sometimes because we trained on the dark side but um what a, shit but for like a month or so in your first party uh the season for august i wouldn't wear tights or long sleeves <laughs> when i was mm-hmm. practicing during the summer or in the end of summer because it would be so damn hot on the dark side great side I, I probably sound like really soft when i say that but like you get to the point of where you don't really recognize it but like if you're standing around sometimes like my legs would get like really hot in my calf area and it'd be really uncomfortable so i would not wear like tights or anything during that time so but when it would get colder like you kind of just go get jerked out with like long sleeves and tights and all that kind of bullshit that goes with it yeah so but yeah no the heat wasn't like the heat wasn't like that bad like it it can get hot and being in full pads it can be kind of a bitch you sweat a lot but once you're playing you don't recognize it like you just running routes you know it's like hot you gotta make sure you're hydrated for sure because you don't want to cramp or pass out or any of that thing but you know, just, you know, you improvise and adapt, overcome. You just got to deal with it, deal with the elements. Last question for me. What's cold to you? What is a cold temperature for you on a game day? You got to also think of Fahrenheit, right? So he'll do Fahrenheit oh, and then yeah. we'll, 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 we'll translate it. Yep. So, so this might be a, I might be giving you a different answer. What you may expect <laughs> when I was at junior college, I would go visit my mom in California, uh, Colorado. And I visit like at that point, like that's where my life began to turn around. Like at that point, like I actually look back on my journey and think about like up until going to Colorado, my life was kind of like this. And then Colorado was the turning point. 
So Colorado, <laughs> I visited there in November and December. Like it was, a, it cost like $48 to get from LA to Denver. And that was the first time I had flown in like four years. Like there were a lot of ancillary bullshit that was going on. Like, you know, but anyway, um, so part of my journey was training in like seriously cold. And I really, really liked it. Cause I wanted that aspect of like being, having that mental edge of like, I really went through it with that. Yeah. And I really went through and like battled in all the te- temperatures. And I'd be route, like working out in like six or seven inches of snow and like nine degrees and with a wind chill. So nine degrees Fahrenheit that is. So like when it came to like cold weather games, obviously not never got that cold playing at SC. And especially in Southern California, you obviously like 50 or 40 be like the lowest it would be on game day, like at night, especially if you have a late game. Sometimes we kick off at 7.30 and we wouldn't get out of the college until like 12.30. What gets you is having to stand around a bunch because your hamstrings and all your shit gets super, super tight. But um, I don't know. I mean, it, it never really gets that cold. So, like, the idea of, like, and having the perspective of being in, like, 9, 10-degree weather, cold's cold. <laughs> like, yeah. 30, 40, you know, cold's like, cold for everyone. So, like, 30, 40 degrees, like, it can be kind of a bitch, but, like, I was running routes at like nine, 10 degrees, like Fahrenheit. So it wasn't that big of a deal. You know, you just keep your hands warm. That's the important part because you can tolerate it on the arms and on like the neck and shit. As long as you keep your like hands warm. And that's what I figured at least like your hands are, once your hands are warm, you're straight. Like, cause your fingers like lose up, like start to go numb first. Mm-hmm. That's, Fair the enough, yeah. that's the only thing. <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was for sure. The only reason, like the only thing that really got me was the hands and that was in Colorado especially like diving making a play and like you're diving into the snow I'll tell you what that'll leave a fucking mark because <laughs> your fingers are so red and so damn cold that like you slide and they start like bleeding <laughs> oh yeah. it's a regular winter around here <laughs> yeah well Chris uh I just want to say thank you so much for coming on here I feel like we could shoot the shit all night yeah for um, sure. I just thank want you guys to... for having me. I truly appreciate it. You know, yeah, man. Um, thank you for coming on. Thank you for talk, sharing yeah. your story and everything. And uh, thanks for coming and shooting the shit with the boys. Uh, this has been episode 23 awesome. of Zooming with the Boys, the Chris Kalk story. And uh, I, I think it's going to be a good one. I think it's going to be our best one yet, boys. I think so. Ooh. I think so, too. Awesome. I think so, man. Thanks for having me, guys. You take no care. problem, man. Thank you. Good God to talk to you. Thank you.